Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Scott. And I'm Maddie. And welcome back to the Harder Way Podcast. Hey, guess what? What? We have a holiday coming up this week. Can you guess what it is? Oh, we do. My favorite holiday, July 1st, National Ginger Snap Day. Wait, what? That's a holiday? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Best holiday ever, National Ginger Snap Day. Uh, I love ginger snaps. I had no idea we're going to have to celebrate that. <laughs> I, I think what you were getting at, though, is that a couple days later, July 4th, we've oh. got um, our Independence Day, right? Independence 4th of Day. July. Right. Yeah, and I thought it would be really good to talk about uh, a little bit about some Independence-themed um Issues that tie into the Bible, tie into the persecuted church, tie tie into living the harder uh, way. The harder way, yeah. I mean, there are really some interesting themes. Now, we have a our family has a, a long history with the United States of America. We are True. not a new family. We're historic American family. We are an old, old, old American family. We had relatives in the Mayflower. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, we've had relatives fight in every single war. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a few in the Revolutionary War. We've had relatives who were kicked out of England for crimes against the king and came over in the 1600s. We have relatives who were, were Congregationalist uh, Scots-Irish and then were kicked out of Ireland or run out of mm-hmm. Ireland. Covenanters. Covenanters, <laughs> yes. You can, you can Google them. There are some pretty amazing stories of faith with the Scottish yeah, Covenanters. Yeah, we even had, uh, from that family line, we even have uh, what would be an uncle who died on a slave ship uh, a Scottish man as a slave. That's a whole different story. But uh, died uh, when a slave ship sunk on their way to the Caribbean. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. So, yeah, we have a long history with this country. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I always felt like uh, I was, I've was. i always been proud to be an American. And I've always been proud of our patriotic heritage. Of course, that's changed a lot these days. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel very differently about that. And I think also that it's changed a lot really kind of, it sounds weird, but the more that you grow in your relationship with Christ, the more that you grow in your understanding of scripture and your understanding of what it means to live the harder way, your relationship to your national identity changes a lot. Mm. Because instead of viewing uh, your, your culture or your country or your heritage as something to necessarily be quote unquote proud of, it kind of changes to something where you view it as really a manifestation of God's providence in your life because you come to understand that God is the one who controls, and it says this in scripture, the seasons, the times, the places that we're born. Yeah, true. And so we're able to say, yes, I'm happy that I'm an American, not because I'm so great, but because I'm happy that I'm I'm living in God's providence and, and, and God's sovereignty and his will for my life. So it's kind of an interesting thing thing to think about because that that shifts a lot when you're when you're when you think about it that way. 
And I think, too, when we're talking about this concept of, you know, being an American, being a Christian, we can look to our persecuted brothers and sisters as an example of what it looks like to really put your identity as a Christian first and foremost above everything else. Yeah, I think I think we have to learn that, uh, and we are getting someplace, so hold, stay with us. I think you have to learn to put things in the right boxes and in the mm. right categories and the right and the right subcategories. Yeah, say to more really about that. Understand them. Okay, first of all, being an American, when I was a kid, uh, you were just American. And you're like, I'm American. Oh, my family came from Mexico. Or since I grew up in California, you know, my family, my family, you're Hispanic, but they were here before California, before California was part of the United States, yeah. right? Before it existed. Um, or, you know, um, I'm an American, and, and but my ancestors, uh, a lot of them came from Germany or whatever. Or a lot of people would say, oh, I'm Heinz 57. You know, I'm all mixed up. I'm a mutt. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing, Heinz the American way. And right. we even called ourselves the Great Mixing, the Great Melting Pot. And Schoolhouse Rock. Exactly. It was the around Great American Melting Pot. It was around even before Schoolhouse Rock, that saying. But the 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 point is is that in the church now, I I think one thing that's gone sideways in our American dream and in our American identity is we've become hyphenated too much. Mm. We're too hyphenated. Yeah. And so we're divided. And division and factions, that's a fruit of, hmm, where's that from? Galatians 5? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the, the fruit of the, the devil. That's Satan's fruit, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what we call the opposite of the fruit of the yeah, spirit. Yeah, if you're part of any system that's dividing people up, um, especially within the Christian church, or it's really creating mm-hmm. factions, you're probably operating in some kind of a demonic system. I mean, that's what Marxism is. Marxism begins by dividing people into categories, mm-hmm. then getting which categories are the best, which are the worst, which are in between, and then pitting the good ones against the bad ones and creating uh, and dividing them so you can conquer them. It's mm-hmm. a demonic system. It's a satanic system. It's fruit of the flesh, really, of fallen mm-hmm. men. And... In the church, I think we're struggling with the same thing in America. We're too hyphenated. Yes, because we're instead of viewing ourselves first and foremost as Christians, we're American Christians. We're uh, conservative, meaning politically. You know, we'll say Republican Christians, Democrat Christians, you know, white Christians, black Christians, whatever. It's anything that we can put before the word Christian. Yeah. But we have to understand that... Our relationship with Christ and this entering into uh, the body of Christ, that gives us an entirely new identity. And it actually kind of reminds me a lot of uh, the history of our own, you know, Independence Day, our own kind of America's Fourth of July story. Okay. So... We think about the fact that the Declaration of Independence uh, are these these colonists saying, we don't want to be part of uh, England anymore. We don't want to be part of this system, part of this monarchy. We want to have our own thing. Right. And that Declaration of Independence is them declaring that we are no longer yeah, part of Yeah, because the old you. way of doing things, the, mm-hmm. the slavery, the the taxation without representation. There's a whole list of grievances in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. By the way, taxation without representation is like below number 10 on the list. Yeah. But we the, always say that's the we number say that's one. The number one, but it's, it's, just, not, yeah. it's not the main reason. Um, read it. You might learn something. Um, but it's interesting to note that if you compare that to becoming a Christian and not being a Christian, the day we're born again mm-hmm. is the, yep, that is the day of at. our independence. Yes. That is the day when we sign the declaration that says, 
I'm not a part of the old system anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I renounce it with all... Well, let's look at it this way. If you, if you change citizenship... Oh, yeah. Right? If so you, 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 you say, I renounce or... my American citizenship with all of its rights and privileges, and oh, I become an Irish citizen, here. then I take on the Irish rights, res- privileges, and responsibilities, and identity. Their culture is, par- is my culture. Their um, history now is my history. Uh, their traditions are now my traditions. I'm going to bring a little bit of my je ne sais quoi from, you know, uh, I don't know what. Wherever from, you're from. from, from yeah. but, but that's really more, it's, but it's really more comfort to my flesh than it is the reality of what I've done. Coming into Christianity, same thing. I should be renouncing the world with all of its rights, privileges, and comforts, and everything mm-hmm. else, because now the Christian faith is my culture. Yes. It's my nation. Yes. My fealty is to the king of this nation. My history mm-hmm. is that I now become a son of Abraham and a daughter of Sarah. I now look back to my older I look to my older brother Jesus. I looked who's also yeah. my savior, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it, I move into a whole different kingdom. The way those people came across looking for hope in America and became a part of a new community, the way old um Pre-revolution America uh, was different than post-revolution America, and the sign of the demarca- line of demarcation is the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. All right, true fact. Did you know that all those guys in the famous painting uh, of the Declaration of Independence being signed, they were not all there at the same time. What? <laughs> yes, they actually signed it over the course of several months. They'd come mm-hmm. into Philadelphia and take their turns. John Adams had a had a conniption fit. Uh, but if you don't know who that is, read a history book. Um, John Adams, one of our founding fathers, had a conniption fit about it because it wasn't historically accurate when they painted that painting. Wow. He but was, I guess it'd be harder to do and more boring. To have, Here's a painting of one guy signing it. Here's a painting of two other guys know, signing it. Be, um, that'd be not as fun. It'd be a menagerie. That's what we call uh, you know artistic license. But I think you really were hitting the nail on the head when you were saying getting rid of, you know, renouncing the rights and privileges of the old system mm-hmm. and taking on this new system. Mm-hmm. And also what you said about the history. I want to get back to that one as well. But if we look at uh, our Declaration of Independence, we always, when we talk about the 4th of July, we kind of forget about the Revolutionary War on the 4th of July. We're like, yeah, we signed the Declaration of Independence and we were free and it was awesome. But Guys, the Revolutionary War was after the signing of the Declaration mm-hmm. of Independence. Mm-hmm. And so here's where that similarity, where that parallel is again. When you sign your Declaration of Independence, meaning you say, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm saved by grace alone through faith alone in Jesus Christ, and you, you know, renounce the world, you sign your Declaration of Independence, you are going to face a revolutionary war. And what is that? It's persecution mm. because when 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 the colonists said we don't want to be part of you anymore, England, we want to do our own thing. England said, "Yeah, that's nice, but uh, that's not going to happen, and we're going to fight you every step of the way." Right, and that is what the world does to Christians. Because if you think about it, if the King of England, if King George had really thought this through, he could have developed some kind of a semi-independent commonwealth given that the Americans the things that they wanted like address their grievances yeah 
probably could have stopped the war and 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 the US could would be a commonwealth probably to this day of England. Yeah. Probably more like Canada. More like Canada, maybe even a little more and, and well and Canada might just be part of the whole thing. Yeah. Right? And um uh but instead, you know, the that old system could mm-hmm. not tolerate the existence of this new yes. free system. Just like the world's system cannot and will not tolerate the kingdom of God. And it is is doing, has been doing, will continue to do everything to push out Christians. Because we've said it time and time again on this podcast, when you are a Christian in the world, you are a foreign substance. You are a foreign entity. You're like a splinter in the finger of the world. Yes, a splinter in the finger of the world. And the world is trying to push you out. And that's like you know, our revolutionary war, we sign our declaration of independence and then it's out, you know, it's out of the frying pan into the fire. And that is what we see all around the world. It's what we see here in the United States to varying degrees, which is that when you decide I'm a Christian and I am renouncing these things of the world, you are going to get pushback. A lot. A lot of pushback. In fact, the more you know when when uh, when the revolution uh, took place there were three distinct groups of people there were the revolutionaries who wanted to fight england that was about a third of the people there were about a third of the people who said can't we just be left alone we want to farm our farms and and raise our cattle and we're doing fine just leave us yeah. alone right and there were about a third of the people who said we back the king we back england and we're looking forward to our long trip to canada <laughs> yeah um and so uh there were those three distinct groups of people. Well, we have Christians that are similarly yes, positioned. Absolutely, they say they sign their Declaration of Independence. They come into the kingdom, but then they're like, "Nah, I just want to kind of keep going along like I was going along. I don't really want to yeah. change. I don't want to really be different." So the Holy Spirit's working in their life, but it's a very slow process. The world's not pushing back much because they just kind of like, I don't notice anything different about you. Yeah. Then there's the there are those people who who go through the motions of getting saved. I don't know that they really are saved, uh, but that's for God to judge, not me. And they want to just keep living like they're in the world. Like they yeah. have not left that. They want all the, I'm going to demand my rights. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't, but I'm going to demand my rights. I'm going to hold on to my grievances of my yep. ancestors. Uh, I'm going to, and, and, and I'm going to make people pay today, or I'm going to, um, or I'm going to, or I'm going to follow Jesus with everything I've got. And I'm going to commit a hundred percent. I'm going to live in dependence on Jesus. And those are the ones who get it the worst. Yeah. Because you have, you know, you have that second group, like you said, that is saying, I'm just going to live exactly like the world. And then that third group, which unfortunately I would say is the minority group, honestly, that says, no, when I, when I signed that declaration of independence, I am saying I am no longer part of this world system. Right. And I wanted to hop back for a second to something that you mentioned that I think is really important, which is this concept of, you know, our history. You you know, at the beginning of this episode, you were talking a little bit about our own family history sure. and heritage and uh, people that we've come from. But the amazing thing about being part of the family of God, being part of the body of Christ, when you take on that new identity... Sure, I might have some cool people in my biological family background. Mm-hmm. But when I'm part of the family of God, you know, my ancestors are not just, you know, my grandparents and great-great-grandparents and, you know, all these American heroes and all this stuff. 
my my ancestors are you know are Abraham and Moses my ancestors are are uh the disciples my ancestor is Paul the apostle my ancestor you know is Augustine is Martin Luther is John Wesley is Corey Ten Boom that's my family right and that is an amazing thing to think about that you go from this this isolated feeling of you know here's me and here's my direct line of my heritage and my culture and you know here's who with I am with all of my honorifics and all of my grievances yes you right the equal of the good and the bad to now I have this amazing diverse huge family made up of all of these incredible Christians throughout history, mm-hmm. you know, and the Old Testament believers before that, right? Because we have our, um, you know, we say pre, pre-cross, pre you know, our, our, our brothers and sisters are those who were looking to the cross, and then now we're those who are looking back at the cross, right, for our salvation. And so to be able to say that's our family, that's our identity, that it's okay to say that you like living in America. It's okay to say, you know, I think the Declaration of Independence is a good thing, or I think the Constitution's great. But that a million times more than that, we should be proud to be part of God's family. Yes. That is that is the powerful thing. And we see that so much with... So if I'm going to boast, I boast in Christ. Yes, exactly. If I'm going to exactly. be proud, I'm going to be proud of... Dad and his kingdom. Yes. 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 That's where our pride and our, that's where pride, that's when pride should be celebrated. <laughs> Not the pride that cometh before yeah. the fall. Right. And by the way, how could, how can you even have pride in June? Pride cometh before the fall, the Bible says. If you're even going to celebrate it, you have to do it in August. Oh Sorry. My goodness. That's a terrible joke. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, I think. We do have a really excellent example of this in our persecuted brothers and sisters because they don't really get the option of having this huge nationalistic identity because their country, their government, their culture is opposed to them, right? Because when your government is saying you can't follow the Lord, you can't live out your gospel activities, or we're going to put you in jail, we're going to keep you from being able to provide from your family, we're going to kill you, you no longer have the option of having this big nationalistic identity and making your your culture as your biggest uh, point of this is who I am. Well, you know, I think a story this reminds me of is um, the first time I ever took communion in Cuba. I, I always want to say Cuba. You would say it the Spanish Cuba. way. Um, I w- it was kind of a surprise communion. It was Sunday morning. There wasn't a, we we as in our in our ministry we don't um, we don't fellowship with the churches. We fellowship with the pastors because we mm-hmm. want the pastors to give the Bibles to the churches so that they can give the glory to God and just tell the people that God provided. And also, uh, if we if we fellowship with all the people, then it really gives us the glory. Then they want to thank us. Mm-hmm. They want to be great. And we're just they start to feel like their independence upon and, you and we're as just, opposed to we're dependence just don- on God. Right. We're just donkeys for Jesus. We don't want glory. We don't want high fives. That we should be a shirt. Yeah. Right. Donkeys be. for Jesus. So we we uh, um, when we. We were we were uh, we were traveling, and uh, one lady that was a very brave Cuban lady that was working with us. She's been working with us for decades now. 
It was our first time with her. And she had managed to squirrel away some bread that she bought like on the side of the road from somebody mm-hmm. the day before, so it was a little stale. Perfect. And she'd managed to get some grapes, and she crushed the grapes and poured the juice. And, oh, my goodness. Okay, and she took a wow. plastic water bottle and turned it into a chalice by cutting it in half and yeah. turning it upside down. And, and then she laid out like some blankets and some foliage on the dashboard of the vehicle that we were in, like a van kind of a vehicle. And it's a picture of it right there on the wall we're looking at. And then we... Um, took communion. We took communion. Now, here's the part I'm getting to, though, because that was beautiful in and of itself. It was so special. We passed the cup around. We all shared the same yeah. cup. Sounds like a really beautiful necessity. moment. It was one of those moments when you just go, wow, God, I can't believe that you let me be a part of this moment. It's so mm. special. But it got even better when we went outside. There was There was juice left at the end. And I thought, I wonder how they'll handle this, what they're going to do with the leftover juice. And we went out. She go, She said, come outside, come outside. We go out, stand on the side of the road. And she goes, you have to pour this into the dirt. And I said, why? She goes, you do it. And, I, and she goes, you pour it into the dirt. And we're all going to pray for the salvation of Cuba. Mm. And so we wow. were basically symbolically pouring the blood of Jesus into the earth of Cuba so that more believers would sprout out to consecrate the island to Jesus. Oh, it was, a, it was so powerful. And I think that really illustrates the heart that when, you know, in America we have this choice. We can be all in or we can be kind of in or we can just kind of like pretend like nothing happened when we when we have our Independence Day. Mm-hmm. But when we're in the, in the persecuted church, you're either all in or you're all out. Because yeah. when you're all in, that price can be so high. You lose education opportunities you lose job opportunities you lose opportunities to get food your kids lose education opportunities and job opportunities you access get to medical care access to medical yeah. care you wind up getting slandered by the local mm-hmm. authorities being told you're a leech on society and you're a liar and a deceiver you want you can wind up being physically harmed you can wind up being imprisoned you can wind up being some even wind up being martyred put yeah. to death so there's a tremendous cost that comes with their Independence Day. Yeah. Right. So there aren't there aren't there are those ones that are kind of like ah oh, maybe I mean maybe I'm out they just they'll run right back out there mm-hmm. if they ever even come in. And I think for us um, in America we can learn from that. Yes. From being all in, and I think we can learn from the Bible as well. We can look at the lives of the apostles, the lives of the disciples, and how they were all in. I mean, they still had to work. Sometimes, uh, the, you know, sometimes they were going around doing itinerant ministry, but then they would get and they'd get some help. Sometimes they'd have to make some money for themselves. Sometimes they'd have abundance. Paul would say, "Sometimes I go without." Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, that's where the context is for the verse: "I can do all things through Christ yeah. who strengthens me." But um, he, we we have the example in Scripture, and that's why it's so important that we get scriptures to persecuted Christians. For those of us in the free church, if you don't have a Bible and it's not readable to you, go get a Bible that's readable to you. Okay? Yeah. If you want to know about translations, send us an email at nationsforjc uh, at, at, at gmail.com at gmail.com <laughs> and, uh, and that's the number four nationsforjc at gmail.com we'll, we'll give you an explanation of it or we'll, if you're not too far away, we'll come to your church and we'll do a whole Saturday sem- seminar on how we get our Bibles and why it's so important for to have mm-hmm. Bibles and how a Bible can transform a single community, one single, a single Bible. Bible can transform an entire yeah, community. Yeah, we'll help you understand that and learn why this ministry is so essential, even now. 
Mm-hmm. Even now, it's so essential. And um, if you want, and, and I think uh, if you want to hear more about these Christians mm-hmm. that are living independence, they've signed their independence and they're living in persecution, you want to learn more about them, hear their stories, hear more perspectives on them, email us, nationsforjc at gmail.com. And let us know you want to get our our monthly newsletter, the Courier Update. We'll get it. We'll get it out to you, and we'll get you uh, some information that you really need to help you rightly discern the times that we are in. Because when we sign our Declaration of Independence, we also simultaneously translate transition into living in dependence upon Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, Christ, the body, Christ is the head. And we are the body of Christ. And so those persecuted Christians are living independent upon the head, mm-hmm. but also upon the body. And they need us to bring them scriptures that they can't get for themselves. They need us to help them so that they can uh, they can walk uh, in their declaration of independence. Yes. that's I mean, that's that's really all you can say is that you know, we we look at our 4th of July and we say, you know, oh, it's freedom and independence. But for us as Christians, our freedom is in dependence. Mm-hmm. Dependence upon? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And and we have, he gave us a book with lots of, with lots of information in it. He gave us a book. It. Yeah, it's pretty right? good. You the, should check it out. The Bible and gave us with lots of information in it, things that we could spend our lifetime learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just want to encourage. And he gave us each other. And he gave us each other to encourage one another towards, as, as Paul, uh, as the writer of Hebrews says, to <laughs> just in case anybody has a particular view on uh, on who, who wrote, wrote Hebrews, Hebrews yeah. the traditional church view is Paul, as Paul said to the to the Hebrews, in the letter to the Hebrews, he said that uh, we would gather together so that we could encourage each other on towards, towards love, love and good deeds and good deeds and. And that's what we, we need to be doing for each other. So we're doing that for you right now. We're encouraging you on towards love and good deeds. Amen. And we will uh, continue to encourage you towards love and good deeds uh, when we come back for another episode of our podcast next week. But until then, uh, enjoy your Independence Day and enjoy being independence every day upon Jesus Christ. And we will catch you next time. Have a hot dog and don't blow off your fingers with illegal fireworks. All right. Be safe and sane. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven.